Chapter 9 of A Story of Love by Francis Cassilli. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9 Children at Home. Since we Christians are children of God, the natural conclusion follows that we form one large family on earth and dwell together in our Father's house and yet something seems wanting to the perfection of the family circle. We are not as happy as we should expect to be. First of all, we do not see our Father with our bodily eyes. At times he seems so very far away, and earth is dreary and desolate, not at all like the cheery, joyful place we should wish. And many things we covet are denied us, so that perhaps the thought comes unbidden to our mind that we cannot really be so dear to God's heart, if indeed he has not forgotten us entirely. All this leads to the reflection that most people on earth are destined to dwell in two natural homes, one as children where they enjoy their parents' love and protection, and the other where they preside as parents themselves and bestow on their offspring the same care and affection they previously received. The first home is an apprenticeship for the second. The childhood is a necessary preparation for the proper discharge of the responsibilities of parenthood, and this is pretty much all of life for most people, to be children themselves and in turn prepare other children to take their place when they have gone. Now, as we have two natural homes, we have also two supernatural homes, and the first in preparation for the second. Our second supernatural home will be in heaven, where never for a moment, during endless ages, shall we be out of sight of the blissful vision of our Father's face. We have also in this life a true supernatural home, where we live united with our Father by grace. But as our present existence is a probation and trial, wherein we must labor and toil and suffer and get ready for translation into the kingdom of light, it is necessary that a veil be drawn around the sunshine of God's presence, lest we become too enamored of our earthly existence. Were it always summer in our spiritual home on earth, did we ever bask in the light of his love and taste the delights of his affection, we should almost forget we were in exile and cease to yearn for our eternal home. No, earth at its best is but a place of trial and purgation. It was never meant to be the abiding place of the imprisoned soul, but rather a cage against whose bars it must ever beat its wings in the vain endeavor to fly away into never-ending freedom. But though we dwell in a veil of tears, yet we are not entirely without comfort. We have faith to enable us to see and know God, to teach us we are his loved children. In all the incidents of life we perceive his controlling hand, tempering the cold and heat sheltering us under his protecting mantle what is there we have not received from him he has chosen us to be favored members of his household 
made us his by baptism and the other sacraments night and day through the wearisome years he is thinking of us and our affairs planning for our advantage sometimes sending joys and then allowing trials to beset us that we may be forced to seek relief in his fatherly arms and on our part how ungrateful we have been straying so often from his love and counsels and placing our happiness in objects outside of him perhaps even we have acted the prodigal's part and gone into the far-off country of sin and when we returned with bleeding feet and naked back we found him waiting for us at the turn of the road to welcome us with outstretched arms and the kiss of reconciliation home is a place of protection and safety in the presence of danger the child runs to the paternal arms as naturally as the chickens to the wings of the parent hen when the threatening hawk circles in the sky and in this life the child of god is ever exposed to a multiplicity of dangers the siren voice of pleasure is ever striving to lure it to destruction the world tries to seduce it with false and fatal charms the flesh too is always claiming more than its due and rising against the spirit while the prince of darkness and the noonday devil are watching for point of vantage but the child who abides in its father's home is panoplied with triple armor from which the arrows of temptation fall harmless the angels hover over it and guard it from harm the lord is its shield and safety and whoso trusteth in him will be saved from the enemies that lurk by his path and dig pitfalls beneath his feet when solomon succeeded to his kingdom he complained in prayer that he was but a child in wisdom and knew not even how to go out and come in he thus in his humility compared himself to an infant for it is a very small child indeed who knows not how to leave and enter the house the child claims as its birthright the freedom of the home it goes in and out at pleasure a stranger cannot enter or visit the master without complying with certain formalities he must at least knock and bide the invitation to enter so custom has decreed in acknowledging deference to the occupant's right to privacy and seclusion but the child throws ceremony to the winds never imagining its presence to be intrusive or undesired it runs to its parents in every difficulty making known its wants and prattling away all the happenings of its little world this should be the attitude of god's child it should never be out of his sight at every hour of the day and night it has access to him in direst need or trivial want and there is but little formality between them should danger threaten temptation rise or doubt occur at once a cry for help or counsel and when the evil is past or the counsel given a mutual smile of love is exchanged the true child of its heavenly father lives ever in his presence takes not a step 
begins no work or plan without first consulting him nor does it let one hour of the day pass without speaking some words of affection to him the mutual love of parent and child is kept alive by conversation and the topic of it matters little the petty incidents of home and school afford abundant material the child of god must also converse with him and this conversation on the child's part is called prayer and the topic of this prayer may be anything that comes into its life and becomes a subject of interest or concern to it our affairs intentions aims aspirations desires anxieties and needs may all be subjects of intimate converse with god in which we ask from him light direction or aid it is indeed a duty for us to pray a moral necessity just as to see and hear to eat and sleep are bodily necessities and duties the healthy body however finds it a pleasure rather than a task to yield to these cravings and we too if true to god will regard prayer as a blessed necessity of the spirit lord teach us to pray said the apostles to jesus and we like them must learn to pray but if we have the heart of a simple child toward our father in heaven it will not be hard to con our lesson the saints found their difficulty not in praying but rather in learning to combine work with prayer that is so to keep their mind on god as not to interfere with the proper discharge of their other duties the apostle would have us pray without ceasing and this we shall never be able to do unless we are like children whose sole aim is to do their parents will to accomplish the duties confided to them merely out of a desire to please father or mother walk before me and be perfect was the injunction of god to abraham which signified that the patriarch was to perform his actions and regulate his motives as though god himself were looking on this indeed is a compendious and effective mode of attaining holiness since no one would wish to displease or offend god in his actual presence one does not need to be prompted to his best behavior before a king or other person of dignity and we can scarce conceive a dutiful child committing serious wrong before its parents so that it would certainly be a very short cut to perfection always to realize by faith that our heavenly father is ever present to us watching us with love and that his smile of affection will be turned into a frown of displeasure by our misdoing the displeasure of father or mother is sufficient to cloud the sunshine of a child's soul and bring on a shower of tears and similarly to him who walks by faith the disfavor of his father in heaven changes sweet to bitter joy to sadness children have an artless way of speaking of our house our home our possessions when they refer to what is owned by their father 
nor does it occur to them to doubt the propriety of thus speaking for they constantly see the use and proprietorship of the household and its chattels shared in by all the members of the family and the child of god may justly adopt a similar manner of speaking in regard to its heavenly father's possessions nothing will please him more than for us to enter into a spirit of our family partnership with him but can it truthfully be said that what belongs to god belongs also to us is not this an undue straining of the rights of sonship listen to the sweeping words of saint paul all things are yours whether it be paul or apollo or cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come for all are yours and you are christ's and christ is god's everything says saint paul is ours paul and cephas representing the saints and angels of god and their ministry this world with whatever it contains of beauty and worth yea and life itself and death and whatever is present and whatever the future on earth or in heaven will bring they are all ours wondrous munificence of god to give his children all possible possessions to make no reservations it is as if the apostle had said go child into the marts of the wide world rifle them of their treasures choose of the best productions of nature and art gems of purest water and the richest attire build for yourself the most splendid of palaces and gather into it whatever may please the eye or delight the heart the child would be apt to reply can it be that i have power and right to do all this it seemeth beyond understanding and still the apostle declares that all this has been given to us and he further spreads before our gaze the treasures that omnipotence has gathered for us in the endless age to come and mark he does not say this superabundant wealth will be ours but it is some things are ours only by anticipation we now have the ownership of them the usufruct will be ours only at our majority on our entrance into the kingdom of glory but everything is now ours in a spiritual sense to derive from it what good and benefit we may for our soul but not yet is the full force of st paul's glowing words disclosed if all things belong to us and we belong to christ and christ is god's then christ too owns all things and so does god and thus god and christ and we form a glorious partnership to whom pertains dominion of heaven and earth and all who are free with the liberty of the sons of god can rightly speak of our heaven and our earth our angels and saints nor is this domain of ours confined merely to what exists but it extends to all possible creatures which god will ever call into being 
our sonship gives us control even over the most high himself and all his attributes so that in a reverent way we may be permitted to claim a share in them and speak of his omnipotence justice mercy and love as ours surely he who has promised to give himself will not withhold control of the attributes which belong to him or rather which he is since between him and them there is no real distinction and this modified dominion over god and his powers which will be the prerogative of all in heaven is manifested at times even in the present life for some of his great servants begin to exercise it here they used almost at will the sway of the creator over nature and made its laws submissive to them at their command the sun stood still fire ceased to burn the water became solid underfoot pestilence ceased and the dead returned to life st colette for instance is said to have raised at least one hundred persons to life and this is but in conformity with christ's own promise that in my name they shall cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them they shall lay their hands upon the sick and they shall recover in the vicissitudes of family life it often happens that children must run for comfort and consolation to their parents the child of god too often meets trials and tribulations in the purgative way of his earthly pilgrimage when trouble and affliction press upon him and sickness and weariness of soul sap his courage and the world turns upon him a stony gaze when friendship seems but a name and the heavens themselves close down like a dome of brass when foes rage without and passions rebel from within whither shall he turn suffering pain and sadness toil and anguish and disappointed hopes coldness and indifference from others and worst of all interior fear and uncertainty are the ever-recurring lot of all these things are the test of the soul's fidelity the furnace of affliction in which must be burnt away the dross of sin and selfishness but the stress of trial and purgation we are not left to bear alone in our anguish we can turn to our heavenly father who will clasp us to his arms and kiss away our tears courage he will whisper our tribulation will soon pass away it will not last for long the sufferings of this time are not worthy to be compared with the glory to come that will be revealed in us with these and similar words of consolation will our father assuage our grief and pain happy we the children of such a father End of chapter 9